Have you dreamed about opening a boutique since childhood? Maybe you have a store, but now you're ready to expand. Well, guess what? You're in exactly the place where you're meant to be. Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique Podcast, hosted by Emily Benson, retail boutique consultant, best-selling author, and a motivational speaker. In this podcast, you'll learn how to manage your boutique better, have balance in your life, and learn from experts who care. So whether you've been in the business for decades or you're just getting started, it's important to get help from someone who's been there and someone who's going to coach you along the way. So head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more today. And now, here's Emily. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Boost Your Boutique podcast. I am Emily Benson, your host and best friend on this journey through boutique land. And I am coming to you from Dallas. Oh man, you guys, I've been saying y'all, we've been eating barbecue, and I think I might be picking up a southern accent. Uh-oh. <laughs> but for real, Dallas has been amazing. I have had such a good time here hanging out with family. Believe it or not, yes, I have family in Texas, and I've never been here before. So, oops. <laughs> and I was a speaker on mobile retail at the Boutique Summit, which was hosted by one of my guests from uh, before in the podcast. Her name is Ashley Alderson. She talked all about authenticity in your brand. So if you haven't listened to her episode, it's really, really good. And I actually might need to have her on again um, talking about all this other stuff. She's just so smart and she's building this brilliant community for boutique owners. It's just like her mission is completely focused on building a community and like this group of really cool boutique owners that are going to support each other. It's, it's just, it was just so fun to see, honestly. So, f- like, amazing to have all these women who theoretically, like, could be in competition with each other. But honestly, like, that did not get in anyone's way from making friends and having fun. 300 women signed up for this event. It was amazing. Two days. And like I said, I talked all about mobile retail. My talk was so fun. I had such a great time. And I loved listening to everyone else's journeys. You know, for me, I am a total New England girl. Like I'm totally East Coast. I lived most of my life in New York and Massachusetts. And so it was really interesting hearing about how there's actually like pop-up shops at rodeos. I'm sure some of you guys listening know that, but I guarantee you there's some women on here that are like, what? Yeah. Cause I didn't know that. Um, so it was really cool to get introduced to all these other boutiques that like, I guess I live in my own bubble. I have no idea. There's like Western wear boutiques and, you know, all these other genres, which like, how cool is that? You know? And so I really enjoyed my time at the summit. And then of course, yesterday, you guys, I hosted my own workshop called the boost your boutique workshop named appropriately after this beautiful podcast. And we had 21 women show up for three hours and I loved it. Oh my God. I love the women that showed up. You guys, the highlight of the workshop was when we all went on Facebook live at the same time. 
Talk about like breaking the internet. It was so much fun. Um, so I want to let you know that during that uh, event, I actually had professional videographers come and it's totally filmed. So we're waiting to get the edited workshop back so that we can actually turn right around and give you access to it. So if you want access to that replay, you can actually head on over to uh, the link. I'm going to put it in the show notes, but it's bit.ly slash BYB. And as always, it's capital BYB Dallas Replay. And Dallas is capitalized and Replay is capitalized. So BYB Dallas Replay, if you head over there, you are going to get access. Uh, That's a registration page. You'll get access to the digital pass. You're going to get two hour and a half long videos that go through everything we talked about. You're going to, you're going to get the workshop. So if you couldn't attend, guys, this is an amazing way to get in on that. We had some great questions asked from, you know, all different types of boutique owners, right? I had mobile boutiques in the room. I had brick and mortar boutiques in the room. I had plus size in the room. I had LuLaRoe, Agnes and Dora, Honey and Lace. You guys, like it was such a cool group of women and it was really fun because all of them were so different, but there were so many moments where someone would say something and literally the whole room would be nodding their heads like, oh yes, like I have the same problem. It was like so cool to see that everyone was like on the same page in terms of like what they were struggling with their business, like commonalities amongst what was happening. So what I'm going to do right now on this podcast episode is I want to give you kind of my top three takeaways from this Dallas trip. And, you know, it's a little bit of a combination of the summit and the Booster Boutique Workshop. So I just think these are kind of like the three common themes that are running throughout boutique land right now. And so I really want to talk about them because, hi, let's be current, right? So, Number one is it doesn't take a lot of money to start a boutique, but it does take a lot of heart and effort. I'll actually be really honest. One of the most commonly searched Google terms is how to start a boutique with no money. Seriously, guys, I know this because I've been looking at Google Google Analytics to do some targeted YouTube videos, and I was kind of shocked. That was not something that I thought I would find, and so I was really excited to hear that three of the women who have really big boutiques now started with anywhere between $100 and $500 in their bank account. And some of them started hand making their own stuff. And now they have these really big, big businesses where they resell. And so I want you to know if you're in a position where you're just starting out, okay, because I know that boutique owners of all different sizes listen to this podcast, but this is for all of you who are like literally just starting out. Guess what? It doesn't take a lot of money. However, it does take some effort. So 
Um, one of the women who talked was named Kelsey Darby. And if you haven't heard of her store, it's called The Lace Cactus. It's here in Texas. And Kelsey's story is pretty amazing because she actually started at 19 years old. I really enjoyed like hearing her speak because she started with $500 and she said she would go and find like scrap wood and all these like free things where she would use those materials to then hand make signs. And she started selling them on Facebook. Guys, this is how she started. She was 19. Okay. So there's no age limit. There's no money limit. You know, for me, that's super inspiring. And then we also heard from Randa Caraba. She owns a business called Southern Jewels with a Z and she is super sassy and spunky. She's been in business 10 years, guys. She started in college making jewelry and she just started from there. She just started making jewelry and selling it. So you do not need a big 30-foot step van like I started with, right? You don't need to have a storefront on Main Street. You can literally start in your living room with a few hundred dollars and an idea. Now, the second part of this is really that it does take heart and effort. All of the women that I heard from, I mean, man, they love their businesses. They care about their businesses like to the core. Like this is something that they take so much pride in. They are so excited to work with their customers. And they talked about staying up all night. They talked about working until two in the morning. They talked about having to miss things with their families when they were just starting out. And so I want you to understand that if you're in a point in your business where perhaps you're on this edge of, I'm doing okay, but I feel like I could be doing better. Perhaps what you need is either a little bit more heart, which I would also translate into passion, or maybe you just need a little bit more effort. Honestly, a lot of women that I see that come to me that are struggling, I just don't think they're putting enough effort. And that sounds like really mean, but it's it's not. Like I myself worked probably too much, and I, I talk about that in some of my keynote talks, but I worked really hard to start my business. Like the first two years were me hustling. Like I didn't get in Forbes because I was like, well, it's just the truck and it'll like do its own thing. Like, no, like I was trying and I was smart about what I tried with, right? Like I knew that I had to make a name for myself. So I knew I had to show up. I knew I had to go to lots of different locations and try lots of different things. And that's what made me a lot more streamlined, right? In like year three and four. And so if you're not putting in a lot of heart and effort into your business, then you've got to re-examine what your purpose in starting this business was. What is your purpose in continuing this business? Because that is really what separates the girls from the women. And I say it like that because honestly, I've been now started two businesses. I mean, I've started like a bunch of other little businesses along the way, but my two major businesses there were absolutely these splits when I would meet up with other entrepreneurs, other business owners in the same industry, right? So whether it's my truck slash store or now when I'm doing consulting and coaching, like I go to events all the time and there is a huge difference between what I would call the girls and the girls are like, their, their business is like their hobby. They're like, oh, it's fun and it's good. And I'm just like here to like meet people and talk about my business. And 
then there's the women who like want to swap secrets. You know, the women who are like deep in and who are like, what's working for you? Are you doing this? Have you tried that? Like, have you worked with this person? What about that event? You know, those are the women who are like literally stepping up and being CEOs. And that is going to be more of where my conversation starts to go for the rest of this month and next month, guys. I really want to talk more about you stepping up as a CEO in your business. Because it's all well and good to be like an owner of a business, right? But so often I feel like as women, we don't relate with this word CEO. But when I present it to a a boutique owner who's kind of like on that edge where she's like doing really well, but maybe she's having trouble with employees or maybe she's not looking at her financials enough, I have to kind of step in and be like, um, hi, you're a CEO and I need you to act like one, right? Either deal with this or delegate it. And at that moment, really, when I kind of put that challenge up, their attitude changes. I want to create CEOs in this industry, not just like owners or founders or bosses, like, you know, A CEO has a totally different energy around it. And so for me, like, that's why I talk so much about financials. That's why I talk so much about strategy. And that's why, like, I don't really care what color you're painting your walls. I don't don't really want to talk about the flooring in your store or your truck. Like, that is not interesting to me, guys. Like, I'll tell you everything I did and everywhere I bought everything for my truck. I want to talk about the health of your business and like making sure that you are financially viable and that you're not just in this for a year or two, that you're in this for like 5, 10, 15 years, right? There's a really big difference between starting a business and running a business. We're going to have more of that conversation. I'm obviously like getting really into it and passionate, but I want to get to tip number two. Um, tip number two that I learned from this past couple days in Dallas is, again, the idea of authenticity. Like it could not be more clear the more I hang out with everyone. Being your brand, literally being your brand, is the difference between the people that make it and don't, right? So I want to I wanna quote Randa Caraba, who I'm, I'm bringing on the show, guys. She's like so great. Um, she said during one of her talks, she said, I'm, I'm the most profitable aspect of my business. Let me say that again. I am the most profitable aspect of my business. Okay, like she knows her value in her business. She knows that she needs to be the leader. She knows that she's the trendsetter. She knows that people want to know about her and her life and what's going on, right? She is like the celebrity of Southern Jewels. And it's really cool because like she acts it. She walks the walk. She talks the talk. You know, she really has stepped into this position of like, I am Southern Jewels and you're going to know it and no one's going to forget it, you know? Aside from being like a really sweet and genuinely nice person, she also just has this completely different energy about her. And so I think that's really cool to notice that she has stepped up and put herself in a position where she just is totally outright with the fact that like she is her business. So I want to like turn that around and kind of teach you that it's okay to be the face of your business. And actually, I think it's 
a strategy that's going to pay off in the long run. Because at the end of the day, we're seeing so many businesses go out of business, so many retail, like big retailers. Like I'm talking Macy's, I'm talking um, uh, Payless, you know, all these businesses are either closing stores or they're just straight up like going bankrupt and going out. And one of the huge competitive advantages you have as a smaller retailer is you. Literally, it's you. You are the reason that people are going to shop with you. And if you listen to last week's episode with Deb LaFlamme, you know, she said it outright. She said, the person who is going to buy from you is the one who likes you the most. And I know that about you guys too. You guys are listening to me on this podcast right now because you really like me, right? I'm sure you're here for the tips. I'm sure you're here for all that. But like, you probably feel like you're my friend. You probably feel like we know each other. And guess what? Like, I kind of feel like I know you too. So it's cool, right? Like, I I come out being like, I want to be your friend because I really do want to be your friend. I really want to know what's going on in your business. I really want to help you in your business. And that's me being very authentic, right? You've seen me on live streams where I'm getting so passionate or like so sometimes upset about (laughs) what I'm talking about that my chest literally breaks out in like a red rash. And like, that's serious, right? That means like I'm having a physical reaction. I care so darn much about you and this topic that I'm going to give it my all. So that's a huge part of being authentic. The other part of running a business and especially an online business, like online only, is that people really want to see more of the behind the scenes stuff. They really want to know who you are. They want to know about your family. They want to see you with no makeup on. They want to see uh, what you're wearing from your brand. They want to know what's up. Like Because now they're your friend and you've been so authentic with them, they want to see that behind the scenes, like real you. And so I would encourage you to start sharing some of that. And Listen, I know this is hard for some of you. It's hard for me. Also, sometimes I just straight up forget. Like I'm like, oh, who cares? Who wants to see my hotel room, right? But like a lot of my uh, coaching colleagues, they'll like show their hotel room. They'll like show the view from where they're eating dinner. And I just like haven't really gotten in that mode yet. So one of my own personal challenges is to get in that mode more, especially because we travel so much and I do see such amazing things and stay in these great places. So remind me if I don't do it enough, okay, guys? (laughs) Um, But for reals, like with this online business situation, it's okay to show behind the scenes. So start slow, right? Maybe you start by showing your, you know, what your office setup looks like. Maybe you start by showing a, a grocery shopping trip, like how you love to grocery shop or how you love to go to the gym or, you know, what is this behind the scenes of your life? Now, do you have to go like full on Kardashian? No, you don't. Like you don't have to do that. But, you know, a couple posts a week can be a behind the scenes post and then people feel like they really know you and they really care about you. You know, one of the things um, the founder of Kiki LaRue said, her name is Becca Clark, and it was so – this quote was like, I loved it. She said, I want to be the person that people go to when they wake up in the morning and before they go to bed at night, meaning like she wants people to be on her website during those times. And I was like, whoa, that is aggressive, but that is brilliant, right? She wants to have those people be – Thinking about her morning and night. Awesome. 
So how can you do that in your business? What does that mean for you? So start being your brand and I think you're going to see a massive shift in your business. Okay, last but not least here is growth. Like what does growth look like for you? Now, the speakers that were at the summit who spoke about growth also spoke about some really tough times in their growth process. And frankly, like having those myself, I know it's totally normal. It's totally normal to have moments in your uh, business development that kind of stop and start, stop and start, grow and grow and fade, right? And so I think that it's important for you to realize that growing is good, having a strategy around your growth is even better, and realizing that it's not necessarily going to be all smooth sailing is the best, right? Just like being out on the table and saying like, okay, I know this is not going to be a straight line and I accept that and I'm cool with it and I'm just going to kind of figure it out as I go. (sighs) You're going to be like in much better situation. I think the idea of as you grow, being really flexible is part of that. You know, being flexible to the fact that maybe you end up having a child and having three stores, you know, 50 miles, 100 miles away from each other doesn't work for you anymore. Or maybe your kids have gone off to college and you're like, oh my gosh, now I want to open that brick and mortar store I always wanted because I have the time, I have the energy. These are the things that you want to think about as you grow, right? One of the things I always say in my own life and business, and actually like my mom kind of like flipped this around on me about a year and a half ago and she said, you know, Emily, you have reinvented yourself so many times. And I like took that a little bit as like an insult at first and then I then I thought about it, right? Because I was a little bit like, what is she? Is she trying to like be mean? And then I'm like, no, no, no. She is trying to say like that I just don't get stuck in a box. Like I can't. It's like not my nature. So I'll like be in a box and then slowly I'll like scratch the sides and then suddenly I'll like rip the top open and like I'll be busting out of it and I'll be on to the next box, right? And I think that's really okay because everything you do in your life and your business, it's it does build on one another. So you're always getting smarter. You're always getting more nimble. You're always becoming more aware of your mistakes, right? Like, and I am very forthright with the fact that I've made a ton of mistakes in my business. And that's why I kind of do what I do because I don't want you to make those mistakes. And I know, you know, I do recognize you're going to make some mistakes and that's okay too. But I think with the growth piece of it, it really is being flexible. And on the flip side, It's also about customers, okay? All of these women have like crazy loyal customers. And I think like I really did too, to be honest. Like there was a lot of similarities I could see like in their businesses because they're all currently like in business. But I had crazy loyal customers. I had women who were just like, wanted to buy everything I had or would be the first one to be like, oh my God, please tell me that's in your in my size, you know? The loyal customers are a huge part of your business. And so I want to encourage you, whether you're new or you're like 10 years in, I want to encourage you to nurture your customers. And I've recently been making the like association with the Girl Scout theme. Like I was a brownie in second grade and Fun side fact, I went to my first meeting and after I got in the car and said to my mom, 
I don't understand. We did not make brownies. What are we doing? <laughs> she was like, oh, God, <laughs> what is wrong with my second grader? <laughs> so anyway, back to my Girl Scout reference. Okay, so make new friends and keep the old. One is silver. The other is gold. Guys, those golden customers, they are going to be the ones that buy from you first, buy from you most, tell other people about you, and grow with you, right? So there, of course, you always want to be acquiring new customers. I mean, that's any business you want to be marketing to. In marketing, we would call like your cold lead, someone who's never heard of you. But your warm leads, like the people who are like hot to trot on you, literally, those are the ones you want to nurture relationships with. So what are you doing for those people? Are you giving them early access to that, to things? Are you uh, having them on a separate email list so you can send them, you know, maybe coupon codes once a month, things like that? Um, those are the things you want to start thinking about is like splitting that customer list into new people and your total VIPs. And once you start to nurture those VIPs, I guarantee you like they not only are going to be helping you recruit new people, but they're going to keep sending revenue your way because they're going to keep shopping with you. To sum it all up, my three biggest takeaways from my time in Dallas, number one is it doesn't take a lot of money to start a boutique, but it does take a lot of heart and effort. Number two, you've got to be your brand. It's like the easiest way to build your tribe and be more profitable. And lastly, with your growth plan, be flexible, be nimble, and I think trust your intuition as you want to grow. Tap into your gut, feel it out, and love your customers hard. Like, love those VIPs so hard, and they'll be with you forever. All right. I hope you guys learned so much on this week's episode of the Booster Boutique Podcast. Remember, I always love it when you jump over on iTunes and rate and review the podcast so more amazing women like you can find me. And to the ladies who came up to me at the summit, at the workshop, and said they love the podcast, thank you from the bottom of my heart. You guys are the reason I do this. And it was really, really like so nice for me to actually meet listeners and and just get that feedback in person. So I wanted to thank you so much and I hope to see you again soon. Here's to making lots of friends and making lots of money. Did you love this episode as much as I did? Head over to iTunes and rate and review the Booster Boutique podcast so more amazing and creative boutique owners like you find out about it. And don't forget, head over to boostyourboutique.com to learn more.